Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Daily Dose of the Way of Mastery. I'm Jason Amoroso, and today we are reading the editor's note, which appears in my edition, which is the sixth edition published in 2009. I know that they just came out with the Shanti Cristo Foundation just published a newer edition. I don't have that one yet. Um, I also know that some people have purchased The Way of Mastery based on my recommendation in the last year or two, so definitely since 2009, and their versions do not have this editor's note. And I think it's actually really important because some people have shared with me that they've had um, an issue with something that the editor's note addressed. And when I shared the editor's note with them, uh, it addressed their issue. So let's just dive in. I'm going to read a combination again of the text and then give some commentary. The editor's note says that the entire text of The Way of Mastery was originally given as a series of monthly audio tapes meant for listening. But when they were turning it into a book, they had to make some minor changes. For example, uh, it might have said listening to these tapes, then they changed to reading these words and a few other things to make sentence structures possible. Now I'll read word for word from the editor's note. Very early on in The Way of Mastery, Yeshua makes it clear that he's using a language his readers are used to seeing in relation to him. So throughout this course, he speaks in this traditional Judeo-Christian language. And I think he does that and because, again, people have certain have been uh, programmed to believe certain things about Jesus or Yeshua. And so he's speaking kind of in a way that most people will be able to understand. As you move through the book, if you've read A Course in Miracles, you can expand your idea of what Yeshua is is teaching. And probably if you're listening to this, you've um, studied some other teachers, some other masters, and, and a lot of this stuff won't be brand new to you. Back to the text here. Yeshua's own language of Aramaic reveals that his own view of the supreme source is more of energy, and that this energy can be likened to both a father and a mother. His word for kingdom is Malkutha, which translates best as queendom. He and his tradition are aware that the divine source consists of and exhibits both feminine and masculine qualities. And this was the issue with the person that had started to read the book. There's lots of references more of the traditional masculine speaking of God as he or father. And they were hoping for something maybe more inclusive. And this paragraph addresses this idea that, yeah, I think breaking free again from the God wound, the Jesus wound, the traditional religious um, idea of God is an old man in the sky. Jesus is his only son, a special dude, uh, a special being, more special than you. And uh, he died for our sins because we're inherently bad or evil or flawed or whatever that whole narrative is. Like for a lot of people, this is radical. Uh, for people listening to this, my guess is probably not as much. And it, it, at least if we're able to kind of break free of the stories and the narratives we've been told, uh, it makes sense that the supreme source is an energy. It's not, you know, the a Course in Miracles talks about how um, we are made in the image and likeness of God, but how we've tried to make God into our image and likeness as a person. God is jealous. God is angry. That's, you know, God is, if you're good, you get rewarded. If you're bad, you get punished. Like that's not, God's not some old man in the sky judging us, keeping track. So this is more along the lines of, God is, is an energy, 
the the source of all of life. Anything in existence is a part of all that is, is a part of God. And God is both masculine and feminine qualities. I did some studying where it talked about how Yeshua's version of when he said father, it actually translated closer to the word birther and not like you would think a traditional father. So birther, again, this idea of mother, father, divine masculine, divine feminine. So moving on, it says, uh, for example, Yeshua makes it clear that the holy child, the only begotten son or the sonship are all other names for Christ. He defines Christ as the essence of all beings, whether male or female, Christ being the offspring of God. And here we come with that word again. It's not Jesus Christ like that was his last name or that if you claim that I am the Christ, that's not blasphemy. Actually, and I think it's in this text, not, of course, in miracles later on, it talks about how it's blasphemy not to claim that you're the Christ. Christ is a consciousness. It's an awareness of your own divine nature, as it says right here. It's irregardless of gender. In other lessons, he refers to God, the creator, as embodying both the divine masculine and the divine feminine. He, In lesson five, he refers to the source as God or goddess. Therefore, most of the, though most of the references to the divine in the way of mastery are masculine, the true meaning is the essence of a combined masculine and feminine, father, mother, the one God. And that's the end of the editor's note. So I think that's uh, an important piece that if it's not in your edition, again, um, you might feel that this is more of the traditional viewpoint, but it's not, which is great that they address it at the beginning. So uh, tomorrow we'll get into the promise that Yeshua makes. And then right after that, we get into the way of the heart and we get started with the text. So really excited to be on this journey with with you. Uh, Feel free to like, subscribe, wherever you find this, and uh, share a comment if you'd like to. All right. Have a great day.